This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the post-game edition, not a fun day for Raider Nation. The Raiders shut out for the first time since 2014. They lost to the St. Louis Rams back then, 52 to nothing. Today, they lose to the New Orleans Saints, 24 to nothing. And we're here to not only provide analysis, but also provide you with some much-needed counseling after that one. A tough game to watch. And joining me, as always, on the post-game show, our good friend, the voice of the fan, which I am sure is going to, not on this show perhaps, but it's going to contain a lot of expletives around the world as Raider Nation's viewing in. That, of course, is Murph of Raiders Fan Radio, as well as Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby, part of the Sports Knot com family you can catch him on his podcast and on the website along with videos and all sorts of different things that he's doing we'll talk about that later but guys um not much to take away from this one except for anger and a lot of other feelings and morph as always we'll start with you on this one the raiders uh the, the, they had nothing going for them nothing went well the defense played terribly the offense killed the defense as well you're talking about the lowest total yards for an offense in the NFL this season through eight weeks. Uh, that's how bad it was today. Derek Carr was not good. The offensive line was not good. Devontae Adams, one catch for three yards. Darren Waller out again for the eighth time in 15 games. Um, boy, this just started off poorly when you heard about Darren Waller. And once they got on the field, Murph, it just didn't seem to go any way for the Raiders uh, to begin with. No, it was ugly from the start, you know, and, and unfortunately we saw the return of the negative body language, the kind of 
the, yes. the, the down posture of the Raiders and the demeanors on the sideline and the the intensity and like I swear, man, like it, it's it's really tough because as fans, like we're so intense as fans, like Raider Nation. I mean, one of the most passionate, if not the most passionate fan base in all of football, and our team isn't, and it's like it just doesn't <laughs> line up, and it and it's you know. That's a tough thing to see. It's a t- it makes it a tough watch. You know, it's one thing if you're playing bad football, but when the energy isn't there, that, that makes it even that much worse. But I will say this, there's always a point in the year, unfortunately always a point in the year, um, where I have to declare that the Raiders have officially relieved me of the burden of expectation for the season. <laughs> here we are, eight weeks into it. Thanks, Raiders. Now all I got to do is just enjoy myself on Sundays. I don't have to worry about wondering if you're going to win or not, because you're not. So I'm just going to plan on, you know, maybe we'll see a new hooker in Vegas next year when we draft him. I don't know. Like we'll, 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 we'll see. It's, it's draft season, though, boy. Well, uh, Murph, that's strong coming from you because you were, I, I know you've been through all the years of, of, of heartache uh, and the good ones, too. Uh, and so for you to 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 be that in that stage uh, says a lot to me. But but I tend to agree with you. And Evan, you get here. You know, we talked about last week. We saw the Raiders in that second half on offense sort of reach the expectation that we all had for them with those weapons. Sands, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, his second huge week in a row. Of course, you had Devonte Adams with a great game. You had Mac Hollins come along. He had a good day actually today, considering. Uh, but again, we sit here just before halfway through the season and really any realistic chance of the Raiders making the playoffs uh, were, were just completely blown away today uh, when they could not pass the 50 yard line, get into saints territory until the last drive in the last minute of the game. Yeah. I actually have two drinks here, two beverages with me. One I have, I have <laughs> a coffee to get me through the snooze fest of a game that was by the Raiders. And then my other drink, I have alcohol here to help me, you know, help Raiders fans ease the pain of that terrible loss. But uh, <laughs> so I'll be dabbling in both of those. Hello, see, uh, Murph's drinking broadcast. with you too. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we needed to get through, but absolutely. You you mentioned it. Just an absolute disappointment on, on both sides of the ball. All around, it was just a, a terrible performance for the Raiders. But for me, you know, previewing this game all week, you know, I look at the Saints defense, the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. They've been really bad. Uh, I thought coming into the game, this was going to be a high scoring game by both teams and Raiders offense completely laid an egg. So I I know there's a lot of uh, finger pointing that goes on after a loss like this. To me, I think the, the offense definitely shoulders more of the blame for this one. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, too, because we saw a lot of folks uh, uh, tweeting and talking about the game and really saying how bad the defense looked. And they did. Don't get me wrong. The defense did yeah. get gashed. Uh, Chandler Jones was not there again today. Even Max Crosby couldn't really get home against that the good side. He was facing the really good side of the New Orleans offensive line there. Um, and they just couldn't get coverage down. There was a couple nice plays. But other than that, this team just didn't find it. And to me, Murph, you talked about the body language and you talked about that after the loss in Nashville that you saw in person and you were watching the sidelines. And I saw the same thing today coming out there. It just seemed to be like this team had no emotion to start the game. It had no fire. Uh, Of course, you have to go back to the coach for that. To me, that's who sets the stage for this. But at the same time, you have a 10-year veteran franchise quarterback running your team. You have the running back who's had two amazing weeks in a row. And Josh Jacobs tried. He could not get it because they keyed in on that. And then the, the defense and the, excuse me, the offense could not adjust, could not get that passing game going. Um, 
I don't know what to say because you get to this point in the season, there really is nothing that you can say to say, well, maybe they just need a couple more weeks to get the system. By this point, you've had your bye week. You're at the middle of the season. It should be there now. Yeah, it looks like it's just coming down to execution even at this point. Yes. And then when it, w- without the, you know, the ability to recover, it's like if if it's like if the if the Raiders don't find that and I know we've had good second halves in this year, but it would seem like in this game, I'll just keep it to this game. They they start off with a, a he, DC's got a bad overthrow to Mac Hollins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then he overthrows uh, Cole running running deep down the field. Uh, and then we allow Alvin Kamara to score for like the first time in like I don't know forever. Um, and so it's like, we're like now becoming like other teams is get right game. Like, Hey, if, if, if you're the, you know, the second, uh, uh, what their, their defense was allowing like the second most points in all the NFL this year, like, Hey, don't worry, just play the Raiders and then you'll get a shutout. Like let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and write that chip, you know? And so it's, that's what gets frustrating. And, 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 and so to your point, Scott, about the body language and the, and the, the recovery and like, and look, you don't have to be an expert in leadership or anything else to read that kind of stuff. Some things are universal when it comes to the culture of an organization. Okay. And it True. doesn't matter what institution you have, if it's a church, if it's a business, if it's a, a you know, a, a corporation, if it's a whatever, in this case, a football team, when you go down bad early on, and then it's, you just start, you get that give up that kind of looms over the team. I said this last week, and this is just, it blows my mind. I don't understand how we can make so many changes at so many different places within the organization and the results are the same. Mm. Like at least last year, there was no quit in this football team Net today. I'm not going to say they quit. Cause I, that's, I, I think that's low hanging fruit to just mm-hmm. shout that out at a team, but it didn't look good. Raiders. I'll just tell you this your optics today were ass. Like, and, and when you look <laughs> at what the team went through last year, what were the optics? resilient they would fight yeah. they would battle and i would say this too and then and i know i'm kind of all over the place today but I, I, okay. I don't know, i'm in a glass case of emotion as, as Robert <laughs> <laughs> you know i get why mark davis brought in mcdaniels and dave ziggler 100 i get it and i think we all endorsed it in the offseason but maybe now and i'm a i'm almost uh, like i always say i'm a fan of the raiders that are not the raiders that aren't but i will mm-hmm. say this would, could it maybe we'd be looking at one of the biggest mistakes of Mark Davis's um, career here as a Raiders owner in choosing to let Rich Pisaccia walk and send him Mike Mayock to the house? Like, because the, the culture of the organization last year was different. And look, you can you can plan on all the strategy in the world, yeah. but culture eats strategy for breakfast, as Simon Sinek famously says. So like, and the culture of this organization is just awful. Simon Sinek reference there. I like that one. I get that one. Hopefully everybody else does too. Uh, but you know, but I'm going to stay on that with a second free with you, Murph, because so, so I, the Basaccia thing, I, I always felt that Rich was uh, I'm obviously an amazing guy and kept that team together and deserves all the credit in the world for what he did. But I don't think, I didn't think he was a long-term head coach, but was some of that maybe born out of all of the adversity they had last year? And that's why they kind of stuck together and they persevered more Then they kind of take a breather and they go into this season, they have a new coach and knew this and knew that. And then it just fell away. But I think your question's a valid one. I think a lot of people are in the chat. I can see um, they are they're talking about it, and and a lot of folks agree with that. So so it's a valid point, Evan. Let me ask you this too, because you and I agree on this one. And I know a lot of people are going to say it was the defense's fault, it was Carr's fault, it was the offense's fault. I look at what the offense was unable to do. That offense could not move the ball, and and to me. 
Um, that's what doomed them. Yeah, we knew going into the season, by the way, to, to, to get back to Murph's point about expectations, we knew coming in that this defense was going to be iffy in spots. We knew it would be better in spots, we thought, with Chandler Jones coming in and the addition of Rocky Yassin and some of these other guys. Uh, Nate Hobbs obviously continues his career. He's out hurt. But the offense, there was a high, very high expectation. Most Raiders fans that I spoke to and even a lot of experts in the NFL said this is absolutely going to be perhaps a top five offense with the weapons they have. Waller falls out because of injury. We have the bad start to the season for the offense. Um, today, that defense couldn't get off the field, number one. And number two, it had no help. There was no complimentary football today. No, no, no. This was by far the, the worst of that we have seen. I mean, there's been a, a lack of complimentary football all season, but today it was at its worst. Um, but again, you know, going back to the offense, uh, I, I mentioned this was the 31st ranked defense of the Saints. And when you are a third ranked offense, which the Raiders were coming into this game, you got to put some points on the board and, and, and to get shut out by this defense is unacceptable without Marshawn Lattimore, their top corner. So to me, again, I'm not blaming Carr. He was under a lot of pressure all yep. game long. I mean, I, I think today we saw the offensive line really get exposed. I think for the first time this season, we saw the offensive line that many of us feared that the Raiders might have. Mm. And so, you know, I'm not here to put it on Carr because he didn't have a whole lot of time. It was just a collective failure on offense by everyone involved, including the head coach. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would tell you this too, and, and, and Murph, I'm going to get, cause this is going to be, I might get people upset with this one, but I look at the team now and I look at the offense. You cannot blame everything on one man. I guess you could blame it on Josh McDaniels. That's a different discussion. But when I'm talking about the players, but when I look at the offense, I looked at how Derek Carr played today for this team to finish above 500. They could only lose three more games, right? They can only lose three more games. The chances of that happening, I think, right now after what we saw today, very difficult. So at, at this point, I'm almost, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, you know what? You should let Derek explore other opportunities after the end of the year. You exercise out of that contract because I don't know what this team's going to do. This team is, it's not working on offense. It's coaching, it's players, it's execution to what you said earlier. But I think that's going to start sneaking into this conversation now because you got to start thinking about the future and maybe this team and clearly what Mark Davis and Dave Ziegler thought about this team by investing so much in extensions. They thought this team was ready to win now. It clearly is not. So if they determine that that's not just an issue with the coaching mistake that they made and they have to replace the coach already or at some point at the end of the season, um, then you got to start looking at personnel and saying, hey, do we have the right guys? And if we don't, you can't start with a 10-year quarterback because in three years when you get there, God bless Derek, but he's going to be gone. Uh, so if you look at that situation, it might be time to start thinking about this stuff. I think so. And, you know, you, you mentioned it's, it's hard to blame it on one person. We can't, you know – Yes, you can pin on Josh McDaniels to a certain extent. I mean, I don't think he set up Derek Carr very well today, no. running a jet sweep on third and one, and then following up that freaking, you know, rocket scientist decision to do that with a freaking, you know, with the onside kick and put your already struggling defense on a short field. Like, I mean, so you could, you know, we could definitely finger point there. But in terms of like the broader scope of your question, I, I, and I've kind of felt like this for a minute until we, you know, had the, the glimmer of hope in the, in the Texans win. Um, and the third, you know, best offense in the league and all that. 
It, I think so. I think it's time to let to walk away. Now we're not going to get rid. You know, I, I, a lot of the, the folks that are in our little mini chat that are, that are around our show. You know, the one everybody wants to fire everybody, and I'm sure in the chat room tonight <laughs> I can't read it. Everyone wants to fire everybody. They want McDaniel's gone. Look, he's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. They're going to let him. They're going to let him ride this thing out for probably a year or two or three. Um, but. Derek Carr is not going to get let go midseason. Darren Waller is not going to get traded midseason. It's not going to happen before the deadline. There's too much dead cap on the books to do that. But what Scott's saying, at the end of the year, when we're now, okay, maybe we are, we are clearly we're going to have a high draft pick, and we've got a, a full, you know, slate of picks coming up. We've got, what, three in the seventh, two in the sixth. Like, we've got a, a plus our, you know, one through four and a couple fives. Like, we got a bunch of draft picks. So is it within scope for the Raiders to draft a quarterback in the first round, I, 100%. And if you draft a quarterback in the first round within the first five picks where we'll likely be, that you're going to expect that player to start. So where does that leave Derek? With very little dead cap money on the books. I agree. And sometimes it changes sceneries, but maybe this would just be best for Derek. Maybe yeah. it's just, you know, that whole growing up a Raider fan and the expectation of, you know, the of, from what it was in Oakland and being brand new in Vegas and all that burden that has been on him, all that pressure that's been on him, Man, maybe just let that stuff off. You know what I mean? Maybe he goes to a, a, a Detroit or so. I don't know, wherever somebody that needs a quarterback, <laughs> and then maybe that they're just like kind of like, you know what I mean? And then you, Derek can just be Derek a little bit and not have the pressure of like, because it's like I think he because he, he look he's a good guy, he's a good human being, he's a good man, good father, good Christian husband. I mean, like everything, right? But like maybe he's just like taking on too much. Maybe he just like because he wants it so bad that it just kind of hampers his ability to succeed. And uh, it seems like when Derek's just like free flowing, that's when he's at his best. Or when we get that fiery Derek, that's when he's at his best. But for whatever reason, it seems like there's just, I don't know. Again, I'm not a psychiatrist and I don't want to, I don't want to try to judge the man, but I will just say optics of it, Derek, you know what I mean? The optics of it look like you could use a fresh start. Sometimes when we're 10 years into our job, we just need to move to a new place. You know what I mean? And and look, it happens. I mean, look what happened with Peyton Manning when the Colts were kind of done with him. He goes to Denver and look, unfortunately for Raider fans, what, what happened with, with Denver and Broncos in a Super Bowl victory. So, so it happens. And, And I think too, that you're in a situation, Evan, where, um, you know, he's been through so much with the organization. It's been a toxic environment at time. You had all this crazy stuff go on during his tenure there. Man, yeah, why wouldn't you want to try your you could say, hey, you know, if I believe in my abilities, I'm gonna go somewhere else. At the same time, couldn't you I could see him just retiring because I think he he yeah. has a good life with his family. He's happy with what he's doing. Uh, but certainly I just think you're now at that inflection point where unless this team does something completely extraordinary, which there's no indication that they can. Uh, that it's time to start talking about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, I, I can't believe we're sitting here, to be honest with you, after after seven games talking about uh, what the offseason. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's crazy to me because I just I don't think many Raider fans uh, expected this to be the case. Um, I will say I will say one thing. In my opinion, while, while we're on the topic of, of next season, mm-hmm. um, I always felt like this team was still one year away. I, I know that we got really excited 
with the addition of Devontae Adams and, you know, everyone thought the offense was going to be just this, this great offense, which they were starting to look like that, uh, you know, last week, but this defense is still not anywhere near ready to be no. a, a contender. Um, even, you know, with the addition of, of Rocky Asin and Chandler Jones, again, we thought on paper it, the defense looked okay, but, you know, and, and deep down inside, I felt like maybe next year this team might be a little bit more ready to go. Give uh, McDaniels and Ziegler another year to bring in more of the personnel that they want. I, I know Murph has talked a lot about the culture. Sometimes that takes time. Now, did I mm-hmm. think it was going to be this bad this early? Absolutely not. I thought they would be a little bit more competitive, but I think sometimes what, what happens to Raider fans, and this includes myself, is we get a little bit excited, <laughs> you sure. know, when we get when we get good things like like Devontae Adams. And I think we forget that sometimes this this stuff oh. takes time to come together. And, yeah, and, and that's nobody, what we're seeing right now. Right. And nobody loves their teams more than Raider Nation. And so I think that's why the expectation for me and Mo and I on the show talking about it leading into the year. Uh, We thought, you know, 10 wins, 9, 10 wins, maybe 11 wins, playoff team, right? That was, to me, it was an expectation you get in the playoffs again. Uh, And right now, they're not even a playoff team, so you're going to be taking a step backwards. And to me, that's the key and why I bring up some of these players in the future. And in the chat, I've seen people say, well, then Adams will leave. Adams just signed a brand new contract. He's not going anywhere. So let's get that straight. Uh, secondarily, I think you now need to look at situations here and say, okay, you know, where are we, if we're going to retool a little bit, I mean, obviously the offensive line needs a ton of work. They're going to have to spend time, capital, money there. And if you do that, then the key is rookie contracts. And so that's where I look at the Derek Carr, not because I think there's a better quarterback that I know of out there who's going to come in and this team's going to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that right away. But what I am saying is you now have to make these tough business decisions. I think the Raiders made a mistake with Darren Waller and signing him this year. They could have waited till next year. We're seeing it now. I mean, I don't I don't deny the guy's hurt. I'm not saying he's not hurt. I'm not saying he's lying. I had somebody today on Twitter say, do you think he's sober? Yes, I think he's sober. It has nothing to do with that. But to me, you're going to have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, Murph, and now they're going to have more time to think about it because if you're at the point now where you're not going to be making the playoffs, it's going to be an early end of the season, and you're going to start thinking about the draft already. Then you got to start going through and saying, okay, who are we going to play the rest of this year? Who are we going to see what they have uh, so that we can make better roster se- decisions as we get towards the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. And you, you know, you, you, I think that they were looking to win this year. I mean, I, yeah. I think they kind of went all in. Like, that's what it felt like. And that's where, you know, and so go, coming off a 10-win, you know, season last year, it felt like, okay, here's the here's the play. This is going to, you know, take us to that next level. And, and maybe we'll make a run in the playoffs. And, you know, so it, it felt like that's what it was. So, I mean, you know, so, yeah. So now at this point, like, yeah, we're rebuilding. Like, and, you know, it feels like we're always in some sort of a version of a rebuild. But I think this is going to be a hard reset. I mean, you can't, again, I mentioned when you got dead cap space, you know, you, you can't move on from those players and, and guys like Renfro guys like Crosby guys like Waller, those guys aren't going anywhere, but anybody that doesn't have a big dead cap number. Yeah. They're going to take all those 900 draft picks that we have last year, probably use it to, um, you know, to generate even more draft capital, potentially even start moving some people here now before the deadline and really start to retool and rebuild this thing. And, and last thing I'll say too, is that, 
we know Mark Davis doesn't like to be embarrassed. We saw that when, when we lost to San Diego at the end of the season, when Michael Crabtree on the sideline and JDR and all that funky body language and all that stuff. And we got punked by the chargers. Those guys were gone right up right away. It wouldn't surprise me if that rebuild that we're talking about starts soon. And I don't want to, you know, start calling names, but I will. Let's try to get a defensive coordinator that doesn't have the initials PG. Can we go for that? (laughs) Let's not do any more PGs. And seriously, like, I don't hear enough Patrick Graham call-outs on the Twitters. I hear a lot of Derek Carr and a lot of these other things. But, like, really? Like, this dude, now now he's looking at having three atrocious defenses that he's been responsible for in his four years as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Like, it ain't working. So let's go yeah, ahead yeah. and pull the plug on that experiment and move on while we still can. Again, and I and I I I really do wouldn't. I don't think Mark Mark Davis would allow that the embarrassment of today mm-hmm. to not result in some. He's still his father's son. He's still a damn Davis, and he will pull the plug on a thing just to send a message to the rest of the organization. And I hope he does. And if it's not Patrick Graham, it's not Patrick Graham. But I wouldn't be shocked if if we don't see some sort of movement of some sort at this point. Yeah, you, you bring up a really good point, too, which is that defense and what happened with it. Again, going into the season, my expectation was it was a work in progress, but it got better when they made the when they made the trade to Indianapolis. They got Rocky Sin back because they here's a guy who had had some injury issues, but he had a lot of potential. He's done okay in spots, but continues to struggle. Deron Harmon was a great signing. So Dave Ziegler hasn't batted a thousand, but nobody does, right? But the Chandler Jones thing hurts significantly. I, I I can't. I know we make fun of the Mel Carton and all that stuff, but it really hurts because he's just not able. He's not only not sacking the quarterback, but he's not containing either on the edge, and that's a big deal. As you saw today, New Orleans was killing us on the edge there, and so what ended up happening was uh, they were able to run all over the field in the Taysom Hill. They knew it was coming, but they couldn't stop it. They just could not stop it. Evan, you look at that defense. Uh, you agree with Murph on that one and that uh, Patrick Graham right now should be a guy who should be worried about himself. Yeah, I tweeted it today, and I think Murph even liked it. I, I see, a, I heard a lot of Twitter GMs out there telling me how great of a pickup uh, Patrick Graham was as a defensive coordinator. I mean, I, I didn't see it. I mean, I I, I wasn't in total agreement. I, I, there was a couple other guys that I would have liked to uh, have seen brought in as a defensive coordinator uh, over Patrick Graham, Wink Martindale being one of those guys. Uh, I mean, look mm. what the Giants defense is doing now. I mean, Patrick Graham oh. leaves and their defense is much better. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that Patrick Graham should should uh, deserve some of the blame for sure. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not sure that anyone's going to get fired here, but uh, right. definitely there should be under a microscope for sure. Wow. Murph. So let, let's put a, a bow on this one uh, today with you. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of one of those, and I know you guys on Raiders fan radio, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel and check out the show. You're going to break out the recliners this week, right? You'll be doing the therapy session. I would imagine. Oh yeah. We'll have the, uh, we'll have the trust chicken in full effect here. When you've got the trust chicken, you're allowed to have the, the, the podium and you're allowed to talk okay. and nobody can talk over you. So. There you go. By the way, the Halloween show was a blast. Uh, I enjoyed it, so make sure you do it. Uh, but Murph, when you when you talk to Raider fans out there, I mean, there 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 are bright spots on this roster. They're underperforming. So to your point about uh, a rebuild uh, that that's going to probably be happening uh, coming this off season. Uh, how do you keep your heads high though? If you're Raider Nation, what do you tell your fellow Raider fans? tonight as they think about now and they think about the future of what Raider football is going to be. 
Well, you know, my son Vinny tonight or today, you know, he he said, uh, you know, dad, he goes, our team may not be good, but we always have a good time. So that's what <laughs> I, always, I always tell Raider Nation that, you know, like the enchiladas that I made that we had at halftime were on point. Like, like it's the getting together with your friends and family. It's celebrating this community of, of, of Raider Nation. You know, we stay Raider Nation as family and, you know, La Familia It's no joke, man. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it is that. And so that's what I do. I mean, I, I mean, I would never tell anybody else how to fan their fandom, but for me, I just really lean into the experience, um, whether that's staying part of a text group during the game with staying in touch with friends from a distance, or if you're sharing it, you know, at a tailgate, or we know so many of our good friends that went down to new Orleans to see the game live. And I know a lot of Raider nation was down there yes. but to me. That's what it just becomes about because the on the field product will let you down. So, you know, we're Raider Nation. Hey, in our living rooms and our tailgates, we're undefeated. So just enjoy it, lean into it for, for what it is. And just, and I would say this, that like, because we don't have any expectation anymore, like just enjoy for what just it is. Fun. Maybe we'll ma- hey, let's beat the <laughs> Niners. Let's maybe beat the Chiefs. Like, let's go. Like those are our Super Bowls now. So let's like lean, lean into those things and let's, you know, freaking drive the bus around to Legion after we beat them at home last week. <laughs> there you go. But also one thing I think that Raider Nation can do the rest of the season, and they've already done it with you, uh, and I, I would ask them to do it again because it's for an amazing cause, and that it is the One Nation Foundation. Talk about where you're at. I mean, I was blown away. I was watching the show, and the money you were raising just shows what a great – group of people and a family that Raider Nation is. Talk about the One Nation Foundation. Talk about where you are. Let people know how much money you've raised because it's unbelievable for the Blitnikoff Foundation. Well, thank you very much, Scott. Yeah, so last week on our show, on our Halloween episode, we raised 1350 bucks, uh, ra- uh, raffling off a signed Devontae Adams jersey. And 100% of that money uh, goes to the One Nation Foundation, which is our nonprofit that we uh, built around our show. Uh, once we realized we can make money with Raiders Fan Radio, we decided we wanted to give it all away. And so we give to nothing but Raiders-related charities, including the Bolitnikoffs. And so we are right at I'll just go ahead and call it now, and I'll announce it here on Silver and Black today for the first oh. time. We have hit our goal of uh, our original goal was $8,000, but we rocketed past that. We're going to write the Bolitnikoffs a check for $10,000. Wow. Uh, in September for the, uh, for Tracy Place of Hope and the Bolitnikoff Center of Hope. And so uh, that is, and look, we're just the knuckleheads with microphones in my bonus room. Like <laughs> this is our listening audience. Um, and, and we've had an incredible amount of support from, thank you, Scott, for the, the platform here. And the folks that, that listen to this show have come over to Raiders Fan Radio and contributed to it. And so, and we've heard from those folks. Um, we met with a guy this week a diehard Raider fan that lives in the same part of the world that we do and he's actually going to help us with the foundation and and uh and and he found us through this show so I can't thank you guys enough uh, everybody listening and of course Scott for giving us the platform and and yeah so we're looking forward to, to writing that check and uh and uh and celebrating Raider Nation so we can lean into that right because yes again that, that's good stuff right that so. you you are undefeated in that this year I mean you are winning <laughs> big time and that means uh, a lot of great folks including obviously the Blitnikoff Foundation and everything they do uh benefit from that that is huge okay that's much bigger than football so we thank appreciate that uh make sure you follow Murph on Twitter at underscore Murph M-U-R-F also, go subscribe and hit notifications for Raiders Fan Radio. You got to watch them on YouTube. It is a fantastic show. It's 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 just I I'm I usually do it. I'm smoking a cigar on the patio. It's getting cold now, so I'm in the garage sometimes, and I'm just busting up listening to the guys and and, and they're oh, having so much fun. They're having such a blast. Murph, thanks, man. We will talk to you next week. Okay, appreciate it. Hopefully, Bill Musgrave doesn't come out of retirement and want to come and beat us up like Dennis Allen and freaking Todd Downing did this Todd year. Todd Downing, yes, I know. All right, brother, take care. Take care. 
All right, there you go. You have uh, Murph. Uh, we appreciate it. and just amazing stuff, uh, uh, Evan, that he's done with the the charity with the one uh, the One Nation Foundation. Excuse me, um, just phenomenal work, and it shows exactly what uh, the fans of the Raiders and Raider Nation are able to do. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually got on there and donated myself this week. So nice. I, uh, was dragging my feet. I kept hearing Murph talk about it and talk about it. I said, I better get on there and do it before it's too late. So I did. I gave him a, it wasn't a ton, you know, but I, I did I did uh, add to that $10,000. So I, I hope it, you know, it helps the, the cause for sure. Every bit counts. It doesn't matter how right. much you give. As long as you give, that's fantastic. It all, it all helps. So thank you guys all for that. All right. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, I'll be rejoined by Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby. And then also David Stepanian, our correspondent here. You hear his great, on the podcast, you hear his great game previews. He also produces our show. So he's going to be with us too. We're going to talk about this game and just get through what was a terrible 24 to nothing loss. The first time the Raiders shut out since 2014 you're listening to silver and black today an odyssey original podcast don't go anywhere